Franklin face, Richard Jefferson face ass, <laughs> George Jefferson head ass. What up? Uh, whatever face podcast going on? We got a special guest host in the building, official Brian Johnson, official Brian Johnson, uh, photographer. I don't want to say extraordinary because I'd be lying to the people, but. Photographer. International. <laughs> photographer. International photographer. Photographer in training, yeah. Brian Johnson. Um, just so it doesn't seem weird, we do have been having a couple of special guests up here. Uh, just until Melissa feels like she's good to come back. Nothing, no, no love lost. Shout out to What's good, Melissa? Yeah, shout out. No love down. lost. Uh, everything's good, lovely in the field. How are you doing? I don't know if anybody's ever, I know you, but the people don't know you, so. I like to keep it that way, too. Yeah, okay. Um, well, that's going to change in about an hour. <laughs> What's your question? You say, what? How, how are you? How, how you doing? How's your uh, mental space? My mental... That's the big thing now. Everyone wants to talk about mental health now. Yeah. yeah. Like, is, is that a real thing or society just weak now? No, it's a real thing. You grew up in an era where uh, you had to be... You, you had to be tough. And you don't have to be tough in this era? Yeah, you do, right? No. So you, you don't have to be tough now? No. Not at all. Not from compared to 80s, 90s growing up or even like starting in why the do, 70s. Why, why, don't, you, why don't you have to be tough nowadays? Because society has made it easy for you to claim victim. But I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be a bitch. I'm, I'm not I don't saying be weak. you are. I'm saying society has made it easy for people to claim victim. Like it's before. And, we, and that's, that's the issue with society. Everybody's a victim. People who aren't victims are victims. When, when you were younger, uh, dirty dozens was a thing. Exactly. Snapping on people was a thing. Right. And now what, that's bullying. Yeah. That's bullying. It's seen as bullying. That's why they got the school uniforms. Because now it's like, oh, we don't want the kids getting picked on because you don't have the new Jordans or whatever. Man, I didn't wear shoes from the supermarket my mom's brought me to go to school with. <laughs> you said, I wish a nigga would say something because we could do the dozens or we could go after school or we could go in the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? It's whatever. I think, um, but that, but 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 that doesn't toughen a child up and prepare them for real life. Because in real life, yeah, you wore the, the school uniform to school, but in real life, you may not be able to afford the clothes. And now you grown and you looking raggedy and everybody looking like this. Now where your mental health at? But if they had developed you from a child, you'd be prepared to deal with that. I saw something on Facebook. Somebody said that social media is now making it easier for people to kind of withdraw and, to your point, um, not be accountable for what's being said about them or others. It's more of a keeping up with the Joneses, Instagram and Facebook. Everybody's got a, or portraying a success story where they're doing all right. So kids nowadays may feel like in a sense of bullying that I ain't got it because I, I'm not, I'm not posting the got them tag of me getting the off white. So yeah, I, but that's been going on since the beginning of time. You know what I'm saying? Nothing new under the sun is never what you do is how it's done. You dig what I'm saying? So, came up here trying to spit that's not some. Us. No, that's not. This nigga came up that's, here trying that's not to us. You know what I'm saying? If you was a true hip-hop historian, you would have recognized <laughs> that, that that was the God. But anyway, but, you know, that's been going on to where, you know, back in the days, you had one good jacket or one good pair of jeans or one fly shirt, and you tried to wear that shit as much as fucking possible. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a different thing on Instagram now. You know, that shit been going on. It's nothing new. Like, we've always had the same societal issues as a community, black people, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Or whoever you're talking about. It's always been the same shit. It's just like a different medium, a different format. Uh, speaking of black people, um, can we please just 
erase this black history from the record books. It needs to be scratched from the books. Um, Wilder, you my man's. Oh, this nigga's crazy. Wilder, <laughs> you my man's. Let that white man whoop your ass in Black History Month. What's wrong Fam, with you? Fam, nigga and then, came and got, out. And then did you hear the excuse that it was the, the suit weighed too much in his legs? Well, the nigga it? came out dressed like a Power Ranger and like. <laughs> no, like, the suit the suit was flying on front. The shit was fly. The helmet, with the, how the eyes lit up, the shit was fly. That nigga walked around the entire warm-up, didn't sit down one time, and then said his legs was weak because he put on that heavy-ass suit. No, his legs was weak because of that heavy-ass white man he was in the ring with knocking his ass <laughs> upside his head. That's what the fuck made his legs weak. Because look, the nigga legs were sturdy in round one and two, and then in the third round when he got rocked behind the ear, which is the same shot that uh, Anthony Joshua got rocked with with Ruiz behind the ear. Neither one of them niggas could recover, and it is what it is. What I feel bad most about it, though, seriously, is now Deontay, he ain't going to never get that big payday because he has a loss. Joshua has a loss. Nobody really cares about that fight anymore to generate the money it was going to make at one time. Do you think it's equivalent to uh, Floyd Pacquiao, the first fight? In what sense? Uh, where it wasn't really much to gain from it. Pacquiao had lost steam, so to speak. It wasn't... Everybody wanted to see them fight, but at the time that they did match up, Pacquiao didn't have the steam he had because Floyd had put it off. Uh, I, I, I don't subscribe to that because, for one, um, Floyd is two years older than Pacquiao. And niggas are now praising Pacquiao for beating Keith Thurman and dropping him in the first round. So anytime somebody beats Pacquiao, he's washed up. But then when he beats somebody, he's the greatest boxer on earth. Y'all need to make up y'all fucking mind about this, dude. <laughs> Like, these people are sickening to me. Like, I don't, I really, I really don't get it. I really don't get it. How, how, how is he, he was past his prime or whatever the fuck they want to say. I mean, let's tell the truth about it, man. Floyd, when Floyd started talking about niggas juicing and call from random blood and urine, a whole lot of niggas started looking different, including Pacquiao. He was walking through niggas. Then when Floyd called them out, he stopped walking through niggas. Let's tell the truth. Then he want to say his shoulder was fucked up. Like, come you, on. You, you gotta have an excuse in the talk, nigga. We in every episode. Uh, we get your excuses ready. That's not just for work. That's just that's well, hey, hey, look, well, hey, look, you better have a better excuse than Deontay Wilder. I know that shit, cause that nigga excuse is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga, hey, look, that shit. I don't know what's wrong with that nigga. If you his team, uh, do you call the fight or you let it? Because clearly he it was he was not the same Absolutely. person after the first two rounds. That, that's that's their job to protect the fighter. We're not here to protect your legacy. That's your job to protect your legacy in the ring. You won't do your job. I'm gonna do mine. He was fucked up. I don't even really think they should have let him win out there for the seventh round, but because of the magnitude of the fight and all that, I get it. But yeah, they did the right thing. Stop that shit, fam. Even that they let him go five more rounds. He clearly was at a disposition to not himself, and they let him go five more rounds. I mean, I get it. He won a fight. He a tough dude. He got his pride. But like I said, it come to a point where it's like, we got to end this shit. But you see who ended it? The brother, Mark Breland, is, 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 you yeah. know what I'm saying? And you see the white dude was like, no, don't throw the towel in. Let his black ass get beat. <laughs> and now Deontay Wilder is blaming Mark Breland. I think he fired him, if I'm not mistaken. I think he fired him from the team and said he ain't going to work with him no more. Yeah, all right, go ahead and get killed with the white man. Fam, as, as a boxer, I never understood even, like, the Rocky movies when Apollo was telling these niggas, don't throw in the towel, and you getting my, your ass handed to my you. My mentor, Rocky, throw in the damn towel. <laughs> That's what that shit reminded me That's of. I have to say, That's exactly what that wildfire yeah. reminded me Like, throw the damn towel. Like, nigga, you getting your ass whooped. That's a fact. 
That's a fact. And these niggas let you go five more rounds. Like, when the blood was coming out of his ear and he just looked yeah, that was disoriented, a, I'm like, fam. That was the worst ass whooping to me than um, Anthony Joshua took, even though he got dropped two more times. But just, that, like, look, I don't give a fuck if I'm a professional boxer or not. If a nigga whoop my ass like that and you sitting ringside, you better hop in that ring and help me if you fuck with me. <laughs> or me and you fighting next, nigga. I know that shit. Somebody, do you see the meme uh, where he's holding on to Fury and he goes, yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got in this, <laughs> this position. And what, what was up with this nigga licking his bloody neck? Fam, he said he said in the- um, He wanted to taste he blood. He wanted to taste blood. I mean, that's a figure of speech, though, for it most was, people. Was, yeah, he different. But that's a wild fault for not airing that whole arena out. Because, nigga, you ain't, first off, you should have pushed him off and at, at least gave him a legal shot. You ain't going to be licking my neck and I, whipping my ass at the same time. At that point, man, I think he was just happy he won't get hit. <laughs> See, when you when you rather another man lick your neck or punch you in the fucking face, <laughs> that's a tough question. I, we should take a poll and see. <laughs> what, what 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 do the listeners think? You rather have a man lick your neck or punch you in the face? I'm gonna take the punch in the face. Fuck it, nigga. Fam, punch me in the face as much as possible. Don't lick my neck, fam. He just damn in front of the nigga family. His girl was there. That match should have happened in March, so it wouldn't have had as much of an impact as it's doing right now. Yeah, but what I think for me, it's clear that he just can't beat Fury. The first fight, I think Fury won the first fight, even with the two knockdowns. Fury said um, he figured something out towards the later rounds in the first fight that he couldn't box, he couldn't box uh, Wilder. He had to actually get aggressive and get in his face. He said he figured it out the last two rounds, and he had that going into his mindset. This fight was, I got to get into him. I can't stand back and just like jab. And he pulled him it and, off. He pulled it off. Yeah, he he had a amazing strategy and it worked. So yeah, Wilder, bro. Um, I don't know if you and, and he back. And, and he said he going he going to go to Africa. What's up with Africa? Dave Chappelle went to Africa when he was going through shit. What's what's in Africa? A lot. Okay, nigga. They, Akon just built some shit in Africa. You don't remember? Nigga spent some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some, I think an electrical company, some shit, electricity. Take the resources we got here, send it to Africa, niggas. Wakanda all over. Wait, 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 nigga, I need some help right here before you go to Africa, make a pit stop in Brooklyn and come holler at me <laughs> with them motherfucking resources, my nigga. <laughs> before you go to JFK on the plane with the resources, holler at me. Niggas doing soul surgery like Nas and Belly, nigga. You had to go to the mobile land. Shit got too hot. Damn. I, I, I don't know. I can't call it. I don't think he need to do soul searching. I think, well, maybe he does. I just think he needs to be re realistic. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's realistic because he's blaming everything. He said the suit was heavy. He blamed Mark Breland for throwing in a towel. He, he blamed the referee, Keenan Bayless, saying, you know, he was letting Tyson Fury hit him behind the head. Like, nigga, which one was it? Like, how many, like, what was it? If me and my girl didn't get into a fight the night before, I would have been prepared for this fight. That nigga had every excuse in the book. Yeah. Every excuse in the book. Um, do you think that the heavyweight division has got a rejuvenation now or is still real, real, real thin? I, I think I think it's about to die off now because the only reason it got alive was because you had um, two major heavyweights, one here in the U.S. and one over there in the U.K., that were undefeated. Now they, we both seen them get their ass beat. So it's like maybe two, three more fights people want to see, but yeah, heavyweight division about to die off again. Heavyweight division really 
wasn't the main division anyway. You always had like the back in the days it was. If you think if you go back like prior, I say prior eighties. I mean eighties. You still had Mike and Tyson that, but and all, yeah. if you go back before that, everybody you know Jack Johnson and uh, Muhammad Ali and you know Joe Frazier. Like everybody, it was the heavyweight division. Nobody cared about welterweights and all them other people back in the days. It was the heavyweight champ. So would you say nowadays the welterweights, welter and middleweights are the, it's the, the. I'm going to use a basketball analogy. It's the sexier thing. Like back in the day, being a a big was the it thing. Now it's being a guard. So would I, you equate it to? I think the welterweight division is kind of still riding on, on Floyd's coattails because it's always that teaser, is he going to come back? You know what I mean? So I, I kind of think that I kind of think that's what's kept the welterweight division alive. You know what I'm saying? But it's some good welterweights, though. You know Do you I'm think saying? Floyd is? I'm not gonna say paid enough. He can come back and kick all them niggas' ass. But do you think his name is pretty much carrying? Even if he's not fighting, his name is yeah. carrying that division. I mean, it's hard to when you talk about boxing, you have to mention Floyd, just like we just did. Like I don't see how you could have a conversation about boxing and not mention Floyd Mayweather. You subscribe to the conversation that outside of his record, he's been very strategic in picking his fights so that he always, not wins, but he has the advantage before the fight. I mean, that's what everyone does. I don't see why Floyd gets so much flack for it. You set yourself up to get the belt. You're in a competitive sport. And the object you go is in, to be competitive. And that's what you do when you go in a fight and you compete. And when you look at Floyd's record, he's beaten more world champions than anybody. He's defeated 22 world champions. That's more than anyone. It's more than anyone. I mean, what do you, what you want Floyd to do? The only person when they keep saying, because Pacquiao was past his prime. Mm -hmm. Canelo was too young. Like, like y'all niggas don't. What about De La Hoya? Honestly, I think Floyd lost that fight. I'm keeping it. That's the only okay. fight that I watched with Floyd and I felt he lost that fight. Okay. But other than that, you feel like he's not had an advantage, but he did what he was supposed to do. He, oh, now I'm a, almost like picking on somebody. I'm going to pick on the, the, the nigga that ain't. You oh. said he got he beat 22 world champions. That don't mean he still didn't handpick like. What the fuck you handpicked the nigga world champion, B? Nigga, you, please. Like, what the, <clears throat> see, y'all niggas just don't like Floyd for whatever reason. I love him. You, I love him. But I, 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 you I, did not beat a like, world champion. You beat 22 of them. I didn't say he didn't beat a world champion. I'm just saying it seems a little meticulous in him saying, oh, I want to fight this person. I want to, like, yeah, I, I get it. When you're at that Floyd, position. Floyd put in his work. Floyd was was like, I ain't saying he was a knockout artist, but we all know Floyd got, you know, he got brittle hands. He hurt his hands. But look what he did to Otoro Gotti. Like, you know, Floyd was standing toe-to-toe -to -toe and, you know, banging it out with niggas. But his hands got to a certain point to where he couldn't do it and he had to get more defensive. He put in his work. He's proven himself. At this point, I ain't mad at the nigga fighting all of these off-brand-ass niggas just for the money. Especially since he says, like, yo, I'm through with boxing. Like, he, he'll let you know this is some exhibition shit. You know what I mean? Did you, did you see the interview with him on, um, on Drink Champs? I saw snippets. This nigga said that he was negotiating to fight Khabib and Conor McGregor in the same day. He said he fight one nigga in the morning and one nigga at night. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, at this point, he's just having fun with it. 
He getting hundreds of millions of dollars for exhibitions for a half hour. I ain't mad at that. Yeah, I, I ain't mad at that. Get, get your money, but I still want to see you compete. Like, well, go on YouTube and watch his old fights, man. Them days <laughs> over, nigga. <laughs> Them days over. Um, I, yeah, man. That, I don't know. I just want to. I, I love competitive sports, and I like to see. How you how you man how you man Jay, how you man Jay said what niggas want the old ho buy my old shit buy my old albums yeah man. then yeah that's it I mean I I get them buy my old shit buy my old albums um, speaking of competitive sports did you catch any of the memorial service I watched the whole motherfucker yeah come on man um, no I did not gonna spend too much time on it because at, like every other day I, I get a instance where I'm just like damn Cole. Yeah, did you you know what's crazy about that? I, I I knew Vanessa was gonna get me, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't expecting Jimmy Kimmel to damn near make me cry. Fam, I said the same I thing. I was like, Jimmy Kimmel, come on, nigga. You the one that's supposed to stop us from crying, and you about to start off making me, you know what I'm saying? I said when I said when he was talking, I said, Jimmy, don't do this to me. Jimmy, don't do this to me. You supposed to be the one that's supposed to get us like yes. laughing. I'm like, Jimmy, don't do this. And then when he when he did the assist to Vanessa, I'm like, fam, nah. Put her at the end. Don't. He he had me worse than Vanessa had me for real, for real. <laughs> Jimmy had me fucked up. You know, um, you know how you gotta tilt your head back so that motherfucker don't actually come out your eyelid? <laughs> I was doing that type shit. Like, like, damn, Jimmy got me fucked up in here. I, I did this move, like, cause I was watching my phone. I kept doing a stay away at the like everything else but my phone. So right. I, I, like it'll trick my psyche not to. I'm, oh, all right, all right, all right. What's up, sir? Oh, who's over there? Because like, I didn't want. <laughs> I didn't want. You, you know what I what what I found interesting about it was because um, I'm assuming that Vanessa, you know, handpicked and asked all the people to speak yeah. that spoke. So it was interesting to see who she asked to speak because mm-hmm. that lets me know who Kobe really fuck with. Yeah, and did you know your wife know who fuck with you and who don't fuck with you? Mm-hmm. So I was very curious as to why Phil Jackson wasn't asked to speak. That was that was a I was like wow not not Phil because Jordan is obvious that's his idol Shaq despite what the media say that's his man like they they call their children's nieces and nephews um, you know so what and to your point what I liked about Shaq speaking um, I said the whole time I wonder if Shaq's gonna speak he I knew he had to there was I, no way he couldn't only reason why I kept asking if Shaq was gonna speak because Shaq mentioned it when he was speaking and the media. It was, they were pitted against each other. They hate each other. But and behind closed doors, he said they was always, you know, let's go get it. Right. But for us watching, there was a beef. You, you know what it is? I think that for somebody like Kobe, the work ethic and the drive and the passion that he had to um, accomplish and succeed and, and, and win, he can't deny that Shaq paid a tremendous part in that. And I don't think he'd overlook that. And I don't think that whatever they supposedly went through was bigger than them accomplishing that. What was just as alarming as who spoke to me was who wasn't there. And not because them may not be able, them not uh, being cool with Kobe, but them being that cool with him that they couldn't be at the memorial service, if that makes sense. Like who, who are you talking about? Like LeBron. Like mellow. LeBron, like LeBron wasn't here? No. Okay. Rich Paul, <clears throat> Stephen A. Smith asked Rich Paul afterwards, you know, what's up? Where's, where's Braun? And Rich Paul was like, he's not doing good. 
And he was like, is he in the building? He was like, I can't say, but. He's not doing good. Well, different people grieve in different ways, so I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I do uh, appreciate uh, Jordan and Shaq bringing laughter to it because it was it was needed, right? Um, for Jordan to laugh at himself and the meme and all that other stuff, I thought that was a really a uh, cool and, and, moment. And Jordan got to be the most arrogant son of a bitch there is. It kind of reminded me of his um, Hall of Fame speech. It's like I don't know. If you complimenting me or what you doing right now, I don't. I really didn't understand it. I was at first. I was like, I. And then I'm like, I, I don't. I don't really get it. Like I. But that's Jordan. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's just his personality. Would it have been weird if he didn't speak? MJ. It would have been weird if Shaq didn't speak. I mean, because when you think of Kobe, and if if I said okay, Kobe, and then think of the first person that comes to mind is Shaq. Like that's the first person you attach to Kobe. So to me, it would have been weird that if Shaq didn't speak. That would have been weird. Yeah. When you, <laughs> that would have been weird. There's no I in team, but there's an me in that yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> he said, just get the rebound. He's not passing that motherfucker. <laughs> Yo, Shaq, my nigga. Shaq, my nigga. You know something else that I noticed? And a lot of people may not have noticed this, but I, I pay attention to little crazy shit. So you had uh, Beyonce perform, um, Alicia Keys, um, there was another lady there, white lady. I don't... Christina Aguilera. Right, her. Then there was another white lady who spoke. She was whatever. But my point is, when all of those ladies exited the stage, it was a man there to hold his hand out there, scoring him down, except for the basketball chick, Diana or whatever. Tarasa, yeah. Yeah, she don't need no help. She good. And I was like, okay. You can't even help a woman down the steps. Like, she's so... I guess, you know what I'm saying? Because I guess she's an athlete or whatever. And I peeped that. I was like, that's kind of... You can't even be a gentleman to a lady anymore. That's offensive. You're going someplace. Keep yeah. going. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, I know. That's just something that I noticed. You know what I'm saying? You didn't, you didn't peep that. I did not. Okay. Because I figured Beyonce, of course, has to get help. I don't know why. But, even, wouldn't, but my, if, wouldn't you, if you were by the stage and you, and you seen a woman coming down, you wouldn't extend your hand? Anybody. Out, yeah. Right. Me. Personally, yes. Right. I would. Any woman coming down the steps, hey, how can I help? Right. But I wouldn't have just sat there with drawn, uh, Diana and been like, all right, you're good. That, you know, that's that's interesting because I, I didn't peep that. I peeped it. She was the only woman who didn't get, and it wasn't even a dude there. It was like it was already known. She coming down the steps by herself. She good. Now, I don't know. Maybe she wasn't wearing heels. She was wearing sneakers. I don't know. But I did notice it. Would you have felt the way if somebody was there and she waved them off? No, I mean, that's her business, but it's like, eh. Kind of the direction of society. It's like, damn, I can't even, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's your overall point, is that it's it's gotten to that point. It's gotten to that point. Well, I can't even help you down the You can't even do it. You can't even do it. I did see somebody on a female on Twitter say that she told a guy, she was, she was in a car doing a live. Sorry, it wasn't Instagram. She was on in a car doing a live, and she said she shot her shot at a guy, and this is how she did it. Nice haircut. And the nigga didn't respond to it because, of course, as men in this day and time, we can't even say, how you doing, without Me Too chasing us down the block. 
I wouldn't say shit to her. You driving, you on live, you hollering out, you doing too much. Focus on the fucking road. <laughs> wouldn't say shit to that crazy bitch either. <laughs> nah, she was outside and she came back telling the story about what happened. Like she had just passed the guy and that was her shot. Oh, I thought shot. you meant she was like in the car. Oh, no, no, no. That was her oh, shot was her saying, nice, nice haircut. And it tripped me out because one, how women shoot their shot and how guys shoot their shot is totally different. But two, how we, like, Let's say, let's just say, she said that to them, and he came off the wall and was like, "All right, so yeah, when we, when, when can I be?" Now he, now he's. What's wrong with that? She initiated it. She initiated the shit. I ain't saying he got to say, "All right, come on, let's go to my crib and fuck right now." But it's like, okay, you showing an interest. I'm gonna show some interest. What's good? Yeah, that's not. So you can't even do that. I'm not saying you can't do that, but I'm saying that that's so. The how are you supposed to meet women if this you can't even respond point. to a woman who initiates a conversation with you? This is my point. This is my point. She got mad because old boy didn't respond because he might have felt pressure, pressure of society being like, "Nah, I can't do that." Because then she going, "I'm either thirsty, I'm either uh, uh, sweating her." It's never. But she all- approached you. It's not that simple. If you think it's that simple in today's day and time, my brother, let me tell you. No, I'm I'm not letting society um, change my mindset and how I live and shit like that. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. It's just not going to happen. That just ain't me. I can't. You know, I'd rather die on my feet to live on my knees. I can't do that. I just just can't do it. I mean, you just came here to quote lyrics, huh? (laughs) I'm just saying, (laughs) nigga, it's like humanity been around for years, but now all of a sudden... Oh, speaking of that, to switch gears real quick, uh, what you think of them um, locking your man up, Harvey Weinstein? What does Gail and Oprah think of them locking their mans up? Ain't going to be no documentary for that white motherfucker. I, I promise you that. Yeah, ain't going to be no documentary. I, one thing we never really spoke up up here, and that was a perfect segue into that, was mm-hmm. Gail and Lisa Leslie talking about Kobe. Gail fucked up for that. And she knows she fucked up for that. You know what I'm trying to say? It's, it's she talking about context and like, nah, like you were talking about Kobe Bryant in a remembrance type of way. It wasn't a life story interview to where you're talking about the beginning of his career and his life to the end. If it's that type of interview or discussion, then it's understandable you're going to bring up the good and the bad. But the only reason you asked her about this man is because he passed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So why are you bringing up all of this fuck shit? I think Gail, when she said... Um, yeah, it was, it was, they, they edited it up to make me look bad and I'm going to have a, a, a word with my, my uh, company. I'm like, Gail, relax. You put yourself in a position. If it was a interview That wasn't about, a fucked up editing. Like, that was just what she said and then she followed up behind it. Because Lisa answered it, nah, it's, it's cool. It should be done. Like, let's leave it. Exactly. Leave like, it, you had years to address this shit. Your follow-up was... Oh, but you wouldn't see it because you're his friend. All right, my nigga. What what'd you want me to say? Yeah, she, I saw she, it in the whole time. She wanted her to say some foul shit, but Lisa Leslie, she ain't say no foul shit. And I fucks with her for that. What's, what's crazy about that, I don't know who said it. It might have been 50. You can see where they may try to make it seem like it's, it, it's a slip of this or interview for here and there, but... Her and Oprah got some explaining to do, man. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I, I gave Oprah a pass for years, and to a degree, I guess I still do. I mean, she Oprah. She Oprah. You know what I mean? It's, it. it's like we give uh, Wacko Jacko the pass. We know what it Relax. is, but he Wacko Jacko. Relax. You know what I mean? But Relax. Yeah, she does have some explain. Yo, did you see the interview when, um, I think it was like on Good Morning America, some shit, and it was when Oprah stepped away from the documentary, and she was like, and I stepped away because our ideas didn't line up. She's like, not because of a Russell Simmons. Or Russell Simmons couldn't bully me. You ain't seen when she said that shit. And the way she said it, like, nigga, I'm Oprah. That's Russell. Like, that nigga ain't gonna stop me from doing shit. And, and, and I'm, I'm cool with that flex. Yeah. Now, what do you, what do you think about, um, about Snoop? What, what he said about Gail? I think Snoop, um, a lot of people express disappointment. I feel the same way, where you're disappointed in Snoop's reaction. He could have handled it different. Um, but it's Snoop. He was trying to, Snoop was caught up in the moment and responded like everybody else was caught up in the moment. Nowadays, it's too easy to get caught up in the moment and tweet or type some shit versus when you're with your boys or you're having a conversation and there's there's no recording devices around. You can be as candid as you want. Nowadays, it's been... The norm. I mean, Snoop smoke a lot of weed, my nigga. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm but saying. But this is the point. Some stuff you should you should think twice about before you run to your phone and want to get off this tweet or get off this live or get off the like. If he if that would have came out so much better, if Snoop would have hit the blunt one time, thought about it, and been like, if he would just recorded and been like, Gail, I'm disappointed in you, and cut it off, that would have held more weight than him going. Ham. Well, I mean, if you're going to go, uh, I don't I don't follow Snoop on Instagram, so I don't know if he's done that before to other people or other women. But, you know, I I was cool with the initial apology, right? Because, well, at first, before the even apology, he put out the, the follow-up video saying, you know, we, we nonviolent, I wasn't threatening her, right? And then he put out the official apology. We said he talked to his moms. And I get it, Gail, she pushing 70, you know what I'm saying? So it was disrespectful to disrespect that woman, a black woman like that in the public. But now I feel like he on an apology tour because you know he about to be on... Red talk. Yeah, and Red I'm like, come talk. on, Snoop. You, you doing the Kevin Hart shit. You going, what you going to do, an apology tour now, my nigga? I think he's doing Red Table Talk because that's it's a platform where I would knows, never do Red Table Talk. <laughs> I would never do Red Table Talk. It's, it's a platform where he knows he's offended women. This is a, this is a voice where women... Uh, this nah. is a place, rather. Red Table that's Talk is a place. That's not a place for a man. Red Table Talk, The View, what's the other shit? Or maybe it's The View. Well, the real? All that shit. That shit is anti-man as a motherfucker. But T.I. went up on a... And they was trying to fuck him up as bad as they could. He stood his ground. He went up there with his little dictionary like he doing shit. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> Sorry, man, they was coming out that nigga. I, nah, that shit is... An, you, you, you see Will Smith bounced. He didn't stay for that shit. He dapped him up and he's like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, but, that's good. Yeah. He, he was Because he know what I'm, it is. I, yeah. I don't got it. Will is one of those people that do what I'm suggesting. Let me think twice before I tweet it, write it, say it. T.I. and Snoop, they, they're from a different cloth where it's like they're expressive by nature. They street, they street niggas, though. And you get your... Snoop is an ex-pimp. T.I., I'm sure, dabbled in that at some point. They so, street niggas. My point is they're used to being expressive in a way that may offend or come off I don't want to say attacking, but in that vein to somebody else. Man, let's just, people are afraid of an assertive black man. 
when you assertive and you black oh, or you, you express yourself, it, it is, it's not offensive. It's just, oh my God, this black man has an opinion. He's willing to stand by it. Oh my God, his voice raised. Like, come on, shut the fuck up. We need to get the, the Black Panther hand right behind <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right like, you, black, you black men can't say anything or present themselves to be dominated without being uh, offensive or without being like, I'm trying to attack you, man. Shut that bullshit up. Sorry, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I hear you, but I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that's what Oprah. That's what that's what Oprah did with the Gail shit, and she was on TV crying. Oh, Gail got to go around with security now when she getting death threats. Ain't nobody threatening her, man. Snoop called her. What he called her? Whatever he called out her name. Funky dog head bitch or whatever that nigga said. You know yeah, how you do. Cali accent real quick just now. I heard you throw it in there. <laughs> Wants to practice that. Um, yeah, that nigga don't need to go on apology tour. He want it. He don't need. He, he's. he's do you on think it. that's a PR thing? Because to his to his credit though, Snoop is probably the most infamous hip hop artist that's not named Eminem. You got a show with Martha Stewart, right? Um. He got a lot of shit going on, but all, he, and, and, and he says and he said something about and to somebody who was buddy buddy with somebody who could fuck some bags up, a ton of bags. Yeah, so I understand him going on this. That's why I said. That's why I was asking if you think it was a PR move on his part because yeah, he's trying to protect the bag. He's trying to make sure could, it, could, stuff it, don't it, get. it could be, but. That shit died down on the internet. I don't see the purpose of going on Red Table Talk. I think you're going to fuck around and restart that shit up. That shit died down. Ain't nobody talking about it. Ain't no memes. Let that shit go. To my point, that's the stirring it back up, blah, blah, blah. blah. If, if you went and you apologized, there's no reason for you to keep apologizing. I felt the same way with Kevin Hart came up here and said it. Kev, you don't need to keep going on these. I said it before I apologize. Right. You, you, you went on Ellen. You said it. Leave it. But I get it when you got PR people telling you it looks bad if you don't say anything. It looks bad if you don't come out and apologize again and again and again because they won't, they won't see you as remorseful. I mean, to a degree, I, I feel them because it's, it's like bigger than you, right? So, I mean, first and foremost, you have a family to provide for and take care of, right? And you got money, but you want it to keep coming in and you want to make sure that money is going to keep coming in even after you're gone, right? Then you got extended family that you're taking care of. You know, they got businesses with employees and, and friends and different shit that may be in the company and have a position that they didn't put on. And it's like, you'll be okay if the bags start to get fucked up. Yeah, but but a lot else. of other people may get fucked up in the process. Yeah. You know, so it, when you look at it like that, just being mature about it, then you say, you know what, fuck it. I'll do the little apology tour. You know what I'm saying? And save the bag. But what's crazy is it took Snoop a long time to wash the stench off of him being a misogynist. Um, it took him a while. Because if you look at uh, Doggy Style. Right. And what he had to go through from how he was perceived then to the snoop we have let me that's ask, lined up next to Martha Stewart let, now. Let me, let me ask you a question. Part of self for cutting you off. Why is myself the man labeled as misogynist and he is the devil... But don't nobody say nothing about all these fast-ass little bitches out here. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, the man is, is, is evil. What about the groupies? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, like Snoop got a lot of flack for some awards show when he had two chicks with him. And he had, like, a dog collar around his neck with the leash and shit. Remember that shit? I do. They, they were cool with it. They were there. 
So why is he getting any flack? They're all adults doing what they want to do. Oh, you turn this into a toxic podcast. Okay. I got, a, I got another person I'm just that I'm just bring tired of the, I'm just tired of the black. that's where you want to go, I'm I just, got somebody. I'm just tired of the attack on the black man in America. That ain't, that ain't my bag. That ain't my thing. <laughs> it's just not my thing. So, so now you're standing for black men in America. I'm standing for myself because I'm a black man in America. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? <laughs> I got somebody, if you want to do a toxic podcast, uh, when he's ready... What's a toxic podcast? Yeah. I don't know what that is. When he's ready, uh, <clears throat> cough, preach. When he's ready, we'll do a toxic podcast. We'll come back. We'll be real toxic. I have, I, I've had that idea of doing one. So, I, what's toxic though? That's not that to- word doesn't have a, a good association. Is a, toxic is a term that they're using nowadays to reflect how men, more so, are being portrayed in re- in relation to how they view, speak about, and treat. Women. That was well, real PBS. I, I want it on you right now. You, you need to catch I, I, that. I think that that's a conversation. But another conversation that should be had when is the toxic. Ready, we will have a toxic podcast. I'm not going to keep saying it to him, but he'll the get toxic the mentality that women have about themselves and a the lack of self respect that a lot of women have to put themselves in certain positions to be what society now labels as victims. To where my, in my days, you was just a dumbass bitch. <laughs> this bitch then went backstage. At a point. She then went back to the hotel room <laughs> with 10 niggas she don't fucking know. <laughs> to me, you dumb. But now you're a victim. Just like right now, when, if right now, if I was to walk through. If this is the last Whatever Face podcast for cancellation <laughs> purposes, like if, it's, been, it's been a run. Like if I, if, I, if I was to walk through, I don't know, Brownsville, at 12 midnight with gold chains on counting $100 bills and somebody robbed me and I say I'm a victim. You're going to say I'm a fucking fool. <laughs> but these women who put themselves in these positions, they victims. It's a shame what happens to them, the ones that are telling the truth. Okay. But we got to think of, it's just like, oh man, that shit was so sad. Remember that girl, I think it was in Chicago, when she had wandered into the freezer, she was in a hotel room with some people and partying mm. and she had wandered into the walk-in freezer and froze to death. Mm. That's tragic. Was that her fault? No. However, we have to take self-accountability. Like, that's a teaching moment for people with children. She shouldn't have been there. She was like 18 or something. Mm-hmm. Why are you in a hotel room? I, I don't know if it was drugs or alcohol involved, but that's somewhere she should not have been. You know what I'm saying? We got to take self-accountability and say, damn, why were you in this position? Yes, these people are fucked up mm-hmm. if they do something to you, but why would you allow them that opportunity? And I think that conversation needs to be had, especially with our youth, rather just blaming the, the, the perpetrator. It's it's weird raising uh, people in this era because you don't want to raise people that's claiming victim for everything, but you do want to raise people that's accountable for self. Um, there's a great quote that says, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. I bet a white man said that shit. No, it was, well, and if he did, kudos to that white man. <laughs> Kudos to you, sir, whoever you are. Take credit for it. Um, so you was just saying 10% is what happens to you and 90%. 10% is what happens. 90% is how you respond to it. That's not meant for black people because my life is 90% of what happened to me as a black man in America. You're lucky if you got 10% control over what happened to you being black in America. Yeah. What's, what's, the, what's the 
the black militant name for Martin with the with the black snow the nigga out was trying to um, paint the snow black. You remind me of that nigga right now. The nigga. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with all these labels, man? Huh? Don't we live in a label-free society now, man? <laughs> no. Label, I guarantee you, someone's going to listen to this podcast and be like, that nigga that was up there with you the other day, something wrong. Let me find our next podcast. You're going to be like Oprah talking, crying, talking about I'm getting death threats and I got to roll with security and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all leave me the fuck alone, man. <laughs> we talk about getting the stench off of hip hop. I got a um, little, little quick game for you. Okay. If Puff and Hove are on the Mount Rushmore for hip hop moguls. Who are the other people that you would put up? Mount Rushmore got four, right? Nigga, you know I had to do the same thing when I was it's thinking. Four, right? Like, I, look, nigga, I, look, I dropped out after ninth grade, nigga. What you want me to say, nigga? You got the college education, nigga. Yeah, uh, it's, it's four though, right? Yeah. Um, so you say at moguls, not like as moguls. a rapper, just, not rappers, moguls. Are we including executives? Or just rappers who happen to be moguls? Wherever you want to put up there. Just moguls. Uh, Mount Rushmore. Damn. Um, I think Russell got to go up there. I mean, you may just say Russell and Rick Rubin. I mean, Def Jam. I mean, if, if we really want for that, I mean, that's what started hip-hop. Def Jam. And Rick Rubin and, and Russell, like, founded that. That's what really put hip-hop on the map. You know what I'm saying? Like, Run DMC, LL, and... Then look at all of the people that's still on Jeff Jam. Jay-Z, one of the niggas that's up there. So, I mean, I may put them two on there to, to finish it off. But I don't know what you mean by mogul. You just mean a nigga with money or you mean like their importance to hip-hop? Like, you no, know you, you, I agree with your Russell take. Yeah. Russell I mean, needs to be up there. Yeah, because um, they ain't got money like Puff and Jay. But if you're talking about like as far as being like, I don't know, an important part of hip-hop, like, yeah. Um, so my... Two were Russell and Master P. Yeah, Master P did do some different shit. When you talk about, for me, when I'm thinking about moguls, um, Dre's name floats in there, but in terms of like watching it happen, Dre became a mogul after the fact. Master P started out, I'm going to do my own label. We're going to do blah, 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 blah. We're going to black business. This. I think Dre is a mogul financially because of that. Big deal, you know, with mm-hmm. Beast by Dre with Apple. And no disrespect to Dre, but that's the only, like, mogul thing you're going to associate him with. Like, Puff did dead mad shit. Aftermath. Yeah. Eminem. 50. You can't, like, you can't, you can't. Yeah, I mean, he ain't I the only like nigga who had a case for Dre. And I, he's he, not even he ain't my, the only, he ain't the only nigga who, who had, you know, multi-selling artists. But, I mean, I get what, you, I get what you're saying, but I, for me, Dre, nah. So, to your list, how would you have Rube, Rick Rubin up there but not Jimmy Iovine? Because he found a Def Jam. What did Jimmy Iovine found? Did you not see the documentary with him and Dre? But when was, when, but I'm saying, you talking about hip hop. Jimmy Iovine won't fucking with, with um, hip hop um, when, when Russell and. Um, Bro. Pop. And um, Shady. Like I said, Jimmy Iovine won't fucking with hip hop when Russell N-W-A. and Rick like, Rubin huh? founded Def Jam. I'm, I'm, I'm. Do you know when Rick Rubin and 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 um I'm lost by your point. founded Def Jam? I'm saying they were they were like the pioneers. Okay, but how Iveen I- I- not... came after. But you can't discredit what Iveen did. You know what? I'm gonna combine Rick Rubin and, and Russell, Russell into one. one. Okay, so you got one more spot. Um, so Def Jam, 
Essentially, the founding fathers of Def Jam. Right. Okay. Uh, shit. That's a tough question, man. That's a real tough question. Who else will go up there? Master P is a good honorary mention. I just don't think that... Honorary? But the only reason, because I don't think he had, like... He did his thing, but the people we named had a long-lasting effect on hip-hop. You understand what I'm saying? Master P is one of those people that don't get the credit for... He doesn't. I think he had, like, an 85-15 split deal, some shit like that. Which was unheard of. It, it still is, nigga. He, he did that. He had... I think Hip Hop Snacks was originally him. Right. He had some other stuff, other businesses. Um, you know, I'm going to throw him up there. You know why, too? He was the first nigga to start doing, like, independent movies for real, for real. Well, I'm about it. Then he got the, the hook up. Yeah, yeah. So I throw P up there. I, I think he was, like, the first rapper worth, like, over, like, close to, like, half a billion at one point in time. I think I died of it. I read somewhere in Forbes. I heard uh, people argue Baby and Slim. You can put them up there, but I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, but now you got you, you to gotta, you gotta do the same argument you did for Dre. They got Nicki and Drake. But that's the same moguls. argument that's just That's just music, though. They, they, that's the same thing with Dre. You name two niggas, that's, that's music. Well, you, no, I didn't name Dre. You, I said you, but Dre no, but for Dre, the argument you was making was he got um, Eminem and 50. From music perspective, but you, in terms of everything else, the the headphones, um, Sno- can't mention Dre without saying Snoop. Not in the, I, when you look at overall, if you if you're only going about music, Dre deserves to be up there. If you're only going on music, Dre deserves to be up there. To your point, Dre hasn't done much else outside of the music I, I, but beats. I don't know how Dre did introduce us to Snoop. But what we know Snoop to have going on and done, and no doubt Dre gave him that opportunity, but that was post-Dre. Like, Dre had left that row. You know, when Snoop started doing the girls going wild shit and all that, so he branded himself. Dre won't dare for that, but he put him on to be in a, in a position to do that. So Strapped I don't... the rocket to his back, and he was out of here. Pause. That just sounded like a pause right it, there. It wasn't a but, pause, but... You, yeah, I... I uh, name, yeah, a better, I name a better debut album than Doggy Style. Elmatic. This nigga Into the 36 Chambers. Here we go. Here we go. In terms of cultural cultural influence, y'all saying... I just named them, nigga. (laughs) Doggy style. My Beautiful Doctor's Fantasy was not a debut album. I just said it. Illmatic, 36 Chambers. The Purple Tape. Reasonable Doubt. Doggy style. Argument... Uh, what word am I saying? Arguably. Arguably. There you go. Look at you. You said you dropped out. You need help right now. I'm trying to, you know. Arguably, one of the greatest, one of, not saying it is the greatest, one of the greatest debut albums in hip-hop history. Every album is one of the greatest, you know, because if it was only 100, then 100 would be one of the greatest, right? So it's somewhere down there, but it ain't nowhere in the top five. And I wouldn't, I don't know if I put it in, would I put it in top 10? I don't think so. Don't be disrespectful, bro. I mean, because because when I when I when I talk about rap, I always say the '80s is his own era. I could probably name ten debut albums from the '80s that smashed Doggy Style, fam. But that's a little bit back too far for you. My bad, my bad. I'm showing my age. You you are my bad. Keep keep showing your age. For what? For what Doggy Style did for the West Coast? You're trying to tell me I'm not discrediting Thirty Six Chambers. I'll give you Thirty Six Chambers. Illmatic no, 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 wait a minute, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. You're not, you, you're not, 
Well, no, 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 no. You're uh, not doing that. You're not going to say you're giving praise, me the 36 chambers. Like it's a gift, my nigga. 36 chambers heard that. Years. No, no, you ain't Nas doing that. Nas has celebrated Illmatic at least the 36 chambers. three times in my life. It's, Ten the year great, anniversary. It's, it's the greatest rap album year? of all time. Relax. It is. Not of all time. It's the greatest rap album of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Illmatic. Illmatic. He said it was the greatest, greatest of, all of all time. All time. Is what he said. Yes, that's what he said. Illmatic is the greatest rap album that's what he of said. all time. Uh, by your bias is showing, just so you know. Hey, look, man, it ain't my fault. I can see the light. Yeah. Not the greatest album of all time. What's the greatest rap album of all time, in your opinion? That nigga. I said the greatest. There's only one greatest. I ain't say top five greatest. I said the greatest. The greatest rap album of all time. That's that's where I'm like, fam, yo. Yo, <laughs> man. Would y'all go, go name a Drake album? Hell no. <laughs> Not as the greatest of all time. So what's the, great, what's the greatest album of all time? Tell me. Nigga, Ready to Die can go up there. Fuck no. Blueprint. Reasonable Dark doubt. Better than Illmatic? Fuck no. Of all time, fam, I think you got to take the bias glasses off, bro. Okay, I, I give you Clean I, glasses off. You I, I, take I, I give off. you, I give you an, another album. The Purple Tape. You're gonna be hard pressed to find an album better than The Purple fam. Tape. But I'm from a certain era. Y'all niggas obviously, you know, fam. I don't know. Y'all grew up in the 2000s. Fam. <laughs> fam. So I just I had this know. conversation the other day. Born in the 80s. Dark Twisted Fantasy better than Illmatic? On what planet, nigga? Nigga. The fuck out of You here. said Illmatic is the greatest album of all time. Greatest rap album of all time. Goat album of all time. That's what Greatest you said. rap album of all time. It's part of the conversation. It is the conversation. No, it's not. That's not the measuring stick for- What did you just say? You say every so often is celebrated. What other rap album keeps coming up and celebrated? How many other Nas albums are celebrated? Nas had, to, Nas had to come out and say, yo, I'm tired of Illmatic. I don't want to talk about that shit no more. Stop giving me props on it. He had to come out and say that shit publicly. That is such a great fucking How album. How many other Nas albums are celebrated or talked about post-Illmatic? None. Oh, it's radio silent Yeah, now. none. None. The Illmatic, Illmatic is, that's his, that's his Picasso. Your man just named two J albums that could go in that conversation as the greatest album of all time. You're not telling me Illmatic. And my point again, for it being, it's overly celebrated for being a good album. Is, is my, are my levels good? Because I, I want to make sure this is heard <laughs> around the world, wherever this is broadcasted. All of Jay-Z albums combined is not better than Illmatic. All right. That's, that's the time, folks. Um, so. That's, that's, that's what we got. Um, so I don't I don't know when, the fuck when y'all people buy about. when people buy a show they can't really see the light and I feel I feel for you brother yeah it's okay I'm I'm you a Jay please all of Jay Z albums combined are not better than Illmatic folks uh, this has been your first and last time hearing and seeing Brian Johnson uh, we do appreciate him coming up here with his bullshit today. Um, you on your Charlemagne. You trying to get the folks riled up. I feel nah. it. I feel it. You can't mean you can't mean that in your heart. Yes, Illmatic. Every Jay-Z album. What? But in Illmatic? Fuck no. My nigga. Not for me. You know what I'm saying? Not for me. They say music is subjective. I will say that. They will say music is subjective. Not one person listening to this podcast. Like you named um Biggie first album. I wasn't really a fan of it. It was songs on there, like, but that's a complete album. Now, for one, it sounded old for, for when it came out, for what was going on in hip-hop. 
You know what I'm trying to say? With Illmatic and Wu-Tang, that shit sounded dated. Like the, the Jamaican song, I think it's called Respect. Um, Give Me the Loot. Like you could tell by his voice, it's high pitched. He didn't have that deep voice like on his second album. Is so Illmatic I don't know if that was old better shit. better than Machiavelli? Yo, I really don't understand. Is Illmatic better than Machiavelli? Answer the question. Illmatic is the best rap album all right. of all, all right. time. All right. that, like, that, you sticking with that. Okay, cool. I, that's, that's your hill to die on. I hate, to, hate for it to be that hill, but you you putting a lot of stock in Illmatic, bro. Greatest rap album ever. No. No. I would disagree until I was blue in the face. No. 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 Nah. Illmatic greater than uh, Marshall Mathers LP, first one. You just gonna keep naming albums? I'm just gonna keep because I want you. To, I want you to think about what you're saying. You spit that out way too quick, and you're standing behind it without giving any justification. I mean, you really can't give a justification on, that, on an opinion, right? I actually would have. But Illmatic albums was good. Illmatic is the greatest album of Nas all time. Illmatic. It's so, the greatest rap album of all time. Period. That's it. That's it. Ain't nothing fucking with it. Yeah. We got a show before we got here because you really about to have me burn all of this time debating I, you on. I'm offended on Nas' behalf of some of these fucking albums that y'all named to be better than Illmatic. Fam. It's all cool right. not to think that okay. Illmatic ain't the greatest album, but okay. the albums y'all niggas was naming was just Reason like, Without's not better than Illmatic? No. Cooper's not better than Illmatic? No. Life After Death not better than Illmatic? No. All right. Um, you got a show before we go? Because you on some other shit right now. Oh, man, y'all niggas don't know good music. You, um, got, you got a show? A show. This got, nigga's making you me know what? cut my, my episode short because of his ignorance right now. I can't Look, believe you. You were Jay-Z stan. I get it. Jay, your man. I named other albums. I said, is Neil Maddox better than Machiavelli? And you told me no. the greatest album of all time. September Neil Maddox. Full Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, Igor, which just came out. Give Richard Die Trying. Illmatic. Love below, speaker box, the love below. Illmatic's still in your conversation? You still, better than every still album you just named. All right, my nigga. All right. <laughs> <laughs> better than every album you just named. All right, man. <laughs> better than every album you just named. For one, all right, so let's. Woo! Let's break down a few, a few of the albums that you said. For one thing, Lauryn Hill is not a rapper. I hate when people say that. She has rapped and she's made rap songs, but she's never made a rap album. That album she made was not a rap album. It has some rap songs in it. She's a singer. That would be like me saying R. Kelly a rapper because he rapped on some songs. She ain't no rapper. She could flow, though. Better than Illmatic? No. No, man. You being disrespectful by even... Putting those class of people up next to, well, I'm not a Kendrick fan, so that ain't my thing. You're not a Kendrick, but you a Nas fan? Alright, so let me so let, let, let me explain something, right? Like, I came up in the era of true consciousness, right? So people say J Cole, Kendrick, and I ain't got nothing against them, but you gotta understand, I came up under uh, De La Soul, Queen Latifah, rappers named Positive K. I came up in an era when the Bloods and Crips used to make an album together. So what's conscious and positive to people nowadays ain't the same as for me. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with them brothers, but I just came from a different era and I have a different standing. Once again, nothing wrong with them. 
I just KRS one. Like that nigga was conscious. I gotta get this nigga Mike because he's giving you he's giving you, you know albums I mean? and so, you're still standing on his stance. Yeah, uh, Toxic Podcast coming. I already see the three uh, people that we gonna have up here, but yeah, Toxic Podcast coming. I don't know, man. Um, you, I feel like I'm getting bullied, man. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, play victim. Yeah, yeah. I'm a victim play now, victim. man. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'm a victim now. Give me a show, man, because I'm getting you the entire <laughs> f out of here. Uh, show. Um, I, you know what? You know, I got a book for y'all, man. Turn that fucking idiot box off and open a book. I got a book for y'all. Check out, uh, what's the name of it? Um, Why All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria. Peep that. It's by Beverly Tatum. I believe it's her name. She's a psychologist and the former uh, president of Spelman College. And it's a good book. Why All the Black Kids Sitting Together Why in the Cafeteria. It's about uh, together, together in the cafeteria. cafeteria. It's about race. Race relations. She actually just, because the original version came out sometime in the late 90s, and she just revised it. I would advise getting the original copy if you could. Um, I saw in an interview where she said in a, in a revised one, she updated it like she included um, the presidency of Obama and Trump and the police shootings of lately. Um, you know, added that to it. But if you could find the, I didn't read the revised one, but if you could find the original one on why all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria. When did it come out, the original? Like in the 90s, late 90s. Okay. Yeah. Um, and keeping with you, sir, if you have not, you need to go look at Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix or something because you're... Nigga, I am Hip Hop Evolution. No, I've been not. around since no, the not. beginning. All right. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> Why all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? Yes. Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix for myself. Uh, get your excuses ready. It, it, this nigga it got me all off. <laughs> I don't even know what's coming next. Get your excuses ready. Yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Nigga, you are bugging, bugging. And Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, go stream Illmatic. All right. That that's all I got. I'll holler, nigga. Just uh Hey, matter of fact, you don't want to want to ask you? No, no, don't ask me nothing else. No. Cause uh, you know who uh, you uh, haven't uh, you haven't uh, shouted out your one Spotify uh, listener in a while. You, you don't shout them out no more? Nah, no, it's not. <laughs> you done? Nigga. I'm not, I'm not doing this with him. Nigga. The truth hurts. The truth hurts. I'll hit mine. 